Time to fire up the VCR. This one's my favorite. Welcome to Analog Jones in the Temple Film. I'm Steve. And I'm Matt. We are a VHS podcast that loves to look at the box art, trailers, and behind the scenes. And we're doing a double tape this week. And that double tape is... Leprechaun 2 and Final Mission. Not Fatal Mission, as I've been calling it in all the previous podcasts. (laughs) I didn't even know what the movie was called. Final Mission. And I believe I put the wrong poster on our preview. (laughs) (laughs) So we just totally (laughs) fucked it up. (laughs) The one Fatal Mission fan is going to be so disappointed we didn't talk about that movie (laughs) this time. I'm sorry, all you Peter Fonda fans, but there, there is no Fatal Mission. I've got good news for all you Billy Worth fans. We did do Final Mission. How many of those are out there? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a couple. (laughs) I think if if there are a couple, they listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get into the details of this double tape. We've got Leprechaun 2 at a runtime of 85 minutes, released April 8th, 1994. And the tagline was, this time, luck has nothing to do with it. Solid. It was directed by Rodman Flinder. He also directed Idle Hands from 1999. Yes, and the Conan O'Brien documentary about when he got kicked out of show business or whatever for a while after he was unceremoniously fired from The Late Show or The Tonight Show or whatever it was. And he also directed a Roger Corman movie. He's from the Roger Corman school. The Unborn I'll from 91. I'll take your word for it. It's not good. It's kind of boring. Okay. doesn't have his visual flair that you see in this movie and idle hands now what do you see how many writers are part of this we have four i've got mark jones which came up with the characters as well as rumple siltskin yeah uh he's on the featurette that i watched and he freaking loves telling you that he made these characters nice we have turry meyer which wrote the script and also was a producer and writer on smallville nice and we also have al septon was a second script writer and also producer slash writer on smallville I'm assuming they know each other. Yeah, they're probably partners. <laughs> well, they came up with some great lines. <laughs> and those lines went to the stars. And the number one star is Warwick Davis as the Leprechaun. Did you know, this is this would be good for behind the scenes, but it's too good to just not share up front. Warwick Davis obviously has done everything. You know, Star Wars, Willow, these movies. He was in the first two Harry Potter movies, Mm -hmm. so 2002 and 2003, the same year he did Leprechaun Back to the Hood. He was committed to this series. He was getting that Harry Potter money and still fucking came back for part six in this series. (laughs) Yeah. I I haven't got a chance to watch the featurette with him in it, but I'm assuming he loved this role and would come back for almost no money. Oh, and it's, it's really a shame little people often just get cast as like little people parts because i feel like this guy could win an oscar he loves chewing scenery he's good he's a great actor it's unfortunate that like he can't break the mold of you know always playing this these small parts and not be you know forefront of a movie because he's amazing i kind of wish we would see him in other things just 
you know, not playing a gimmick character. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's so good. Maybe one day. Who yeah. knows? I don't know. Uh, the numbers on this bad boy. We had a budget of around $2 million and it actually made its money back. Gross in the U.S. was 2.27. Yes, this actually did have a theater release. It was the last one. It wasn't a small theater release, but... Yeah, this thing made almost $5 million worldwide. I don't know where else it came out in the world, but I assume Ireland and maybe Scotland. <laughs> I don't know. This the series has sort of had a really like good life, especially at the beginning, 93, 94, 95, 96, the first four came out, one a year. And they were all kind of like hits. They were all kind of financial hits on video, of course, not so much the theatrical release because only the first two got those but they cranked them out one a year and then for my money those four are the best four too the ones that they just cranked out <laughs> those writers directors they did whatever they could with whatever they had and they gave us kind of one of the most oddball memorable horror series you can find yeah and i said like i said stand by it the first four movies are a blast yeah they dip in quality but like they're just so fun and i mean there's some merits to five and six too <laughs> some <laughs> you gotta look hard yeah. though <laughs> yeah yeah all right we'll play the trailer of leprechaun 2 here and then we'll come back and let matt break down the box true love can be hard to find for him it took a thousand years. God bless you. And now that he's finally found her, he's going to love her. I'm back. To death. <laughs> Leprechaun 2. Kiss me. I'm Irish. Read it R. Starts Friday, April 8th. Matt, why don't you tell us about this really wacky box? Yeah, so this is an old one. This one I think I got when a video store was closing back in, you know, whenever that started happening, 2008 or whatever. This is probably, this is probably 10 years old in my home. But it is, it is obviously a double tape, much like the Death Wish and War Room double feature that we watched already. Either side is a cover, and then it opens up in a book-like form with a little flap that... You know explains each of the movies so but around this one the furthest wrapping sort of encasing the whole thing is a little leprechaun claw that's like holding the tape together <laughs> and they really did take a picture of his hand it's got that like not all the fingers fully bend yeah look <laughs> it, look, they, it looks hard and like crusty <laughs> it looks cool i like it and so when you unflap it to reveal cover of leprechaun 2 his hand sort of just like rests to the side and the front cover is the same front cover as the poster for the movie and the regular release of the vhs which is a leprechaun with the candle uh, standing in front of the city same tagline this time luck has nothing to do with it he's eerily looking right at you the leprechaun kind of like half covered in shadows and half revealed by the candle because uh, i think at this time they were still trying to keep him a little in the dark because he was that Freddy Krueger-like character where they wanted to keep him a little creepy but a little funny. So he's, he hasn't gone full in the limelight yet. By three he is, though. <laughs> they know their star is him by the third one. And by four, they're just launching him into space. Exactly. So he st is the only character we see on this cover besides the Los Angeles backdrop in the back. Leprechaun 2 with a fun, like, painted 2 over the Leprechaun. Uh, Vidmark Entertainment Rated R and as the double feature full-length screening cassette includes promotional trailers banner that we saw on our other double tape 
And when you flap it open, we get a big 1994 nationwide theatrical re release of this one. A run of the review says, better than the first from the LA Times. The sequel to one of the most popular and acclaimed horror franchises. Leprechaun sold over 120,000 units within 120 days, generated over 4.9 million rental turns and in excess of 8.69 million rental revenues. Tremendous theatrical consumer awareness, over 648 million consumer impressions with advertisements with ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, MTV, Comedy Central, and regional promotional times with Subway, Domino's, and The Good Guys. Uh, Post-street date national TV advertising on all those networks, as well as TBS, TNT, E, USA Network, and the Sci-Fi Channel. Jeez. So they were pumping this one. They've got golden profits. Buy four Leprechaun 2s and get one Leprechaun free. Buy eight Leprechaun 2s and get two Leprechaun 1 free. That's actually my favorite promo on the in the beginning of the tape. Vidmark was into these giveaways and like package deals and things like that. It's probably why these movies got so rented and why they kind of made a little name for themselves. Post-street date national radio promotion in the top 140 markets. High consumer demand. Don't get caught short. See, they're being funny on here. According to Lieberman Research, from our studies of hundreds of films over the past year, only those films grossing over 60 million exceeded Leprechaun 2's intent to rent. So only big budget blockbusters had exceeded Leprechaun 2's intent to rent. I can't remember. One of these won, either three or four, was the most rented direct-to-video. And I think it was three. Yeah, the like Las they, Vegas one? Probably. These things did so well. These were like video store money makers, this little series. We've, we've got another image of the Leprechaun hidden in shadows, like in his little tree uh, doorway with the same image from the front cover. And then we get a little still of the Leprechaun hanging out with the uh, main girl from the movie. And that's, that's our Leprechaun cover. I guess I can just cover Fatal Mission when we get to it. Fatal Mission, I did it again. Final Mission. I know for a fact I picked this movie up when I saw this art. When my brothers and I were first introduced to this, I, I want to say it was a, probably around when this one came out in 94. We went to the video store, and I actually remember we rented one and two. We had to rush home because, you know, you only had two days of new releases or something mm. like that, so we had to rush home. We had to, we had to consume these both quick, and we loved them. We were running around, like, saying those stupid lines <laughs> that, that Warwick Davis were. <laughs> it was great. I mean, my brothers, we all had a good time with this. Yeah, I remember having a very similar experience with my cousins when we would go over to be a babysit by our grandma. We would kind of just watch stuff in the other room. I remember renting this and being like, we gotta watch this, like it's insane. And I don't even know if we had seen the first one yet, but like there was such a notoriety with the series already mm -hmm. that we like had to watch this. Yeah, kids on the playground always talked about that. This movie and what he'd done. I would say this is the type of horror movie that you would put in a starter pack for kids. Yes. Agree. Honestly, anything from like 94 is a good bet. But like, yeah, this is perfectly encapsulates like the stuff that was my gateway drug into the genre for sure. Oh, the gateway drug horror film. <laughs> yep. That's what this definitely is. Reagan just turned in his grave. <laughs> good. <laughs> oh, <woo> <laughs> Let's play some of the trailers in this. Did you ever make a wish? 
Did you ever have a dream? Imagine having the magic to make your wishes come true. Mom, will you buy me a tent for my birthday? Oh, by the way, I'm going to the mall after school with Aaron. No, you're not. Now, guys, I love you to bits, but I'm sick and tired of this. If I come home tonight and this house is not clean, nobody is going out this weekend, and I mean it. Don't you wish we had one of those mothers who did everything for you? Well, these promos and trailers were pretty damn fantastic. Except Absolutely. The, except that final mission one at the end. <laughs> yeah. It was this one inexplicably started out with a children's movie trailer, but I get it. They're advertising the video store people, that's probably why. Uh, video store orderers. But we start with the trailer for Trading Mom. Yeah, this is not a movie I would ever watch. Same. I am the exact market for the person that would watch Leprechaun 2 and Final Mission. You are advertising to me. Like, I want to see these type of films. I, there's no part of me that wants to see Trading Mom. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Sissy Spacek starring movie about kids that go to some mystical old lady and wish their mom away and then immediately regret it and want to take it back once they try to live with other moms for a little while who are also all played by Sissy Spacek. I do hope, besides having the one Fatal Mission fan and the one Billy Worth fan, that we also have the one Trading Mom fan on here. It's like, that movie's great. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You guys need to watch it. I'll get you the tape. Love your mom more, jerks. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so Matt already went through a lot of the promos and stuff. That, you know, like they were on SNL and MTV, which, by the way, on SNL, they did the opera singer by uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah, right. What they do on this tape is pretty much the same thing they did on the Death Wish tape where they show the trailer for the movie you're about to see, Leprechaun 2, which has a great trailer, by the way. It's a short trailer, but it, like, perfectly sums up what you're going to get with that movie. A little bit creepy, a little bit wicked, a little bit gross. Then it goes into the promo, yeah, where it mentions all these things that I read, <laughs> including Adam Sandler, and that hilarious MTV thing where he's, like, killing the cameraman, and the VJs are like, the Leprechaun's taking over the studio. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, that's such a blast from the past. But... What tops that is the energy, the electricity that the executive gives off when talking about why you should rent this. <laughs> Play that clip. <laughs> if Leprechaun 2 has the same staying power as the original did, it'll be a definitive moneymaker for us. The crossover potential appeals to horror and fantasy fans alike and looks like it has the same rentability as Warlock. Now. Vidmark will back the video release of Leprechaun 2 with its most ambitious marketing campaign ever. National Post Street Date advertising will appear on all four networks, as well as MTV, the Sci-Fi Channel, TNT, TBS, and the USA Network. Oh my gosh, that is... He's literally reading that off a cue card. They, they probably did it once they let him practice, and then the second time he's stiff as a board. They're like, eh, we got it. <laughs> yeah, we're good. That said, though... I think the reason he agreed to this was he knew that this was going to be a huge moneymaker, though. Like, he's not a good presence in front of the camera, but I actually think he believes what he's saying because I think that these movies were fucking huge at the time. Well, this is the reason I know who Vidmark is. When I have an image in my head of Vidmark, the leprechaun comes up. If Freddy built New Line, it's kind of like Leprechaun built Vidmark in my mind. Yeah, I think of I think of Leprechaun in the Warlock movies, which they briefly mention in this promo. Like Leprechaun 
has the same rental totals or whatever as the first Warlock. Those are the two movies I think of when I think of this series. Ah, uh, so yeah, after that they showed the eight pack, four pack, which you mentioned. Then they had a trailer of Final Mission. And man, do they get through that quick. We'll advertise the movie on the Leprechaun 2 tape. Buy it. <laughs> and after that, cricket. Yeah, then cricket. it just like the movie starts. It's a really cool little promo. Worth worth owning this tape for because of all like the little nostalgia things. And you could tell they loved this movie and could not wait for it to print money for them. Fatal Mission, however, they just sort of sneezed away. <laughs> well, let's see if we love the movie as much as them and we'll come back and break it down. Blended Canadian. The only whiskey is Irish whiskey. Ah. Ah. Is that a piece of gold I see? Well, Leprechaun 2 starts right away and it pops right up on the screen. Oh, we're back nine we're back in 1894. This already presents my first question about this movie. <laughs> we start off with that, and then it brings us up to modern day Los Angeles. But we realize it's in modern-day Los Angeles that he has made it there because the tree that he was living in in the Ireland prelude? I don't know. Opening scene. He's in Ireland. And then we see that that tree has been gifted to L.A., and that's how he starts wreaking havoc in L.A. So is this movie a prequel then to the first one? Because the first one's not in Los Angeles. So he must have gotten to the U.S. from that tree delivery... And then went on his spree in the the woods in the first one? Well, another thing, is this the same leprechaun? True. Do they all just look the same? Yeah. That, that was the thing. I, I don't think they cared. They're like, yeah, oh yeah. This could have been another... They probably... They were like, we have to kick one out in a year. What other scripts do we have that are leprechaun related? And they were like, this sounds close. And they're like, it doesn't connect at all to the other story doesn't matter we're gonna put warwick davis in a funny little hat with some makeup on and it's gonna be great <laughs> could you imagine turi meyer and al septon come up and they're like we got this great idea for like we're gonna tell the story of superman and how i grew up shut up that sounds like shit you got any leprechaun two scripts <laughs> <laughs> well we were working on this leprechaun thing it doesn't really connect to the first one doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter at all we're gonna sell so many fucking tapes <laughs> <laughs> wow we killed someone on a go-kart love it <laughs> yeah that already presents my first question but again I think I like this movie more than the first one, so I'm going to let it go. <laughs> well, here's my question. So he wants to find a wife, mm. so he must make one of them sneeze three times, and if no one says, God bless you, my child, it's his wife. Mm. Now, does that mean they like have no choice, but they still are the, the same person, or do they become like his love slave? That's what I didn't get. Well, they they're the same person because the girl in the later in the Los Angeles part of the movie sneezes three times, and that's how he becomes that, that's how she becomes his slave. She doesn't want to do it, so they're the same oh, person. I, they just are trapped. Oh, I thought the kid said "God bless you," so that like stopped it, and he just took her anyway. Oh, is that what happened? I, I must have missed that part. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it could very well have happened, and I could have sneezed or something and missed it. Well, that's what was confusing. Gotcha. Like, okay. Do you have to say, God bless you, my child? Or did the guy just say my child at the end of it? Because that's like with people from Scotland. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, Who cares? Whatever. He gets pissed off because he finds a girl, 
and the slave that he had, I guess it stole his gold, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. It turns out to be his daughter, so he says, God bless you, my child, blocks it, and then he kills him. And But right before he kills him, he goes, I'm going to wait 1,000 years and then marry your descendant. Yeah, <laughs> like, he could have picked, like, a, another time. He could be like, I'm going to wait 10 years Yeah, but <laughs> and I, go back after her again. <laughs> or, I, I don't know, 50? Why? 1,000? Yeah, yeah. He really put himself in that situation. (laughs) I just love how they're like, I don't know, a thousand years, the script writers? That seems like it'll work. They'll put it in 1994. Yeah. Yeah, basically just to get us caught up to modern day. (laughs) So he wakes up and immediately rips a gold tooth out of a bum's mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty early on, pretty gross. And I'm like, I like this movie. (laughs) Yeah, that that part, I always have, I have a teeth thing. Like, I can't stand teeth brutality i guess and uh so the like horror film the dentist freaks me out as a kid this one like ripping the tooth out made me extremely uncomfortable it's pretty it's pretty brutal too you don't like you don't have like a dentist like close up on the teeth or anything but he's like yanking at it for a while and there's some squishy sound effects like (laughs) it's a pretty gnarly scene even though it's not like a close-up of a mouth sit back my friend you may feel some pain. Tis a pity I forgot me Novocade. <laughs> 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 Then we cut to our two kids, Cody and Bridget, and they're trying to go on a date while their Uncle Morty is getting drunk. But the only problem with that is he runs a chauffeur franchise to go look at, like, the seedy part of Hollywood houses Yeah, like a, like a, like a ghost tour, but for, yeah. like, L.A. trash. And this is where you're introduced to, in my opinion, the second best character and almost tied with the Leprechaun. Uncle Morty's amazing. So watchable. So fun. They have this service, this ghost tour service thing, and you meet him, and he's just wasted, and he's like, I could still do it. I could still do it. And then it's like watching him try to sober up. It's just hilarious. Yes, I was laughing the whole time. Cracking me up. And Cody just gets irritated and says, like, you're drunk. I'm just going to do it myself. And that's when we get our first Clint Howard appearance. Yeah, he's one of the people he's schlepping the tour to. And it's pre- it's pretty funny little cameo that he's in. Uh, but also, my favorite thing about all this is, so when Cody's like, I got to take over, my uncle's drunk, he's already with his girlfriend Bridget. And she's like, I, I want to go on a date with you. I want to go to the, the go-karts. I want to have fun. And he's like, I got to do this thing for work. So he brings her along. He's like, well, you can come with me. The first other boy she sees as soon as they're done with the tour, she runs to him and is like, I'm done with this guy. <laughs> I'm going to this, this Ian guy who works at the go-kart place. <laughs> she does not have high standards. <laughs> I don't know. Do they go on a date? Does Ian and, Ian and her, Bridget, go on a date? Because somehow they end up back at her house where she punches Ian because he's like trying to get in her pants. Right. Yeah, no. I think he's part of the friend group. 
that's all hanging out there. And they're like, buddy, buddy. And she's like, I'm going to hang out with you all night because I'm mad at my boyfriend. But he takes that as we're boyfriend, girlfriend now. <laughs> I, I also find it's funny, like, between each segment is a leprechaun, like, murder or, like, you know, hurting someone for gold. So first you had the bum ripping the tooth out. Then they cut to, you know, Uncle Morty trying to sober up. Then they cut to the leprechaun yanking off, like, an agent's finger for his gold ring. Yeah. Then they cut to whatever Bridget and Ian are doing, and then it ends up that Ian gets killed from the leprechaun because the leprechaun catches Ian making the moves. Yeah. And, and so he, like, like, lures him into the garage. Of course, at the end of the scene, it's punctuated with, like, her talking with his real voice, and they bring it back later where it's, like, it's uh, him talking with her voice. So funny. So funny. <laughs> and he's giggling, too, so the whole time. So Ian keeps looking over, like, what is that? Yeah. What, what is that? And then <laughs> the worst cutaway to obviously someone else's boobs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, like, he has a driver's... Cody has a driver's permit. So we're to assume she's, like, probably, like, 16. So they have to cut to, like an adult actress to show her boobs. This is a definitely a memorable death. Yeah, so basically he thinks he's getting some with the girl. This is Ian now because she's not talking to Cody yet, but Ian just got blown off. He was trying to get some. And then she lures him back into the garage, but turns out it's not her. It's the leprechaun and exposes her boobies. He's trying to like put his face in them. And what the leprechaun is actually tricking Ian with these giant fan blades so the minute he goes to put his face in there he just gets fucking eviscerated and it like sprays all over the wall in like a great like shadow shot with of him like just putting his head in the fucking fan blades it's great it's so good it's a nice way to save money on the gore that they couldn't get and they probably couldn't get through the um ratings board anyway you're still satisfying the bloodlust, though, because you're still throwing yeah. blood and chunks on the fucking wall, and you see the shadow of the dummy head going in there. It's good enough for me. <laughs> so we cut back to Cody getting arrested. He was arrested, and then drunk Uncle Morty comes and picks him up, like, doing his yeah. best to talk up the, uh, he's like, oh, these kids nowadays, they got no respect, am I right, officer? Yeah. And then he tries to sell them the franchise. Yeah. <laughs> The whole Uncle Morty's whole thing throughout the movie is he's trying to sell his like ghost tour franchise to anyone who will listen. And, and like no one buys. <laughs> yeah, like we are introduced to that in the first scene where Uncle Morty's super drunk. He's talking to a guy who was passed out at the bar and he's literally like shaking his head for him, being like, He's in, he's with me. <laughs> I just sold another franchise spot. It's pretty hilarious, and it keeps coming back, yeah, in this scene where he's talking to the cops, he's like but Uncle Morty, besides being a terrible salesman, is a pretty good smooth talker, though. Because oh, he, is, he the know. cops are like, yeah, it's fine. Let's get him out. Let's get a, you know, you take care of him. You watch him. Whatever. Morty's like, I can't believe that worked. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Those two live together. So they go back to their apartment and he tells the kid, ah, just give up on women. And then like one moment later, he's like, you should go back and get her. What's wrong with yeah, you? <laughs> yeah. Cause he's a great character. He's so funny. He's just so back and forth. So then Cody does, he gets flowers. He goes back over to Bridget's house 
and I think that's when she sneezes three times from the flowers. Right, right. The fl- yeah, the flowers do it to her. In the 90s, definitely a huge mad crush with this girl. Oh, really? Uh, oh, yeah. I was so in love with her probably in the early 90s. Okay. I, <laughs> I've never seen her in anything else. Oh, no, no. Just this movie. Just this movie. Yeah. Okay, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, then the leprechaun chokes him with a phone cord, and he takes away the girl. I guess she's under the spell now. The thing I like about this movie is any other movie would take a long time for like the boyfriend to try to convince the girlfriend that the leprechaun's real, or vice versa, or it would take a while for the leprechaun to finally meet up with sort of our main characters. Nope, this one wastes no time. It's like, she sneezed, I'm in, I'm wrecking your world right now. <laughs> it does not have time. It is 85 minutes, and it does not... It This movie feels like an hour long. It fucking flies by. So he ends up somehow finally getting to a bar scene. I, there's probably other stuff that happened, but let's just skip to the bar scene, because it feels like it's completely from another movie. Like, there's there's something very awkward and fantastic about the bar scene. Yes. So, two things that I love about the bar scene. The first being when the leprechaun is at the bar. Yes. And is sitting at the end of the bar. He's kind of terrifying looking. <laughs> like, when you have that, it's a long shot, and it's from the, our two lead characters' perspectives, looking down the bar. And you see him at the end of the bar, so you see all the drunks and all the people at the bar. And he's at the very edge, so he's kind of covered in shadow. I was like, okay, he looks creepy here, which oh, is awesome. Wasn't he clicking his, like, fingernails, yeah, too? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, that was creepy. We should go now. Too late. Have I mentioned that I want be go? Not until we get Bridget. Bridget? Don't you know she's a married woman? Let me handle it. I got an idea. Um, listen up, people. Listen up. My little buddy here just got married. What do you say we raise our glasses and toast his good health? Have a drink. It's on me. You got a problem? Maybe it's just part of that leprechaun myth that they can all hold their liquor. Oh, don't be ashamed. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. Why don't I just get you a little uh, green lemonade? <laughs> I can handle me drink. Oh, really? Frank. Can I have a bottle of that red special rye? I'd like to show my little buddy here how a real man drinks. Coming right up. Uh, what are you doing? Watch it and learn. But they have a drinking contest, and the little people that are also dressed as leprechauns are like cheering on the leprechaun. I think Morty was cheating, right? Yeah, he was drinking water because there's a yeah. bit earlier where 
he orders a drink and the bartender gives him water but gives it like a clever name and now morty orders that clever name so that the leprechaun thinks he's drinking along with oh him. yeah that's right because he'll only drink irish whiskey i guess we should back up just a second because we have to say that the one little person gave him the chocolate covered coin which comes back in the movie yeah but that's really it just in a really weird weird situation where he walks into the bar he's like hey buddy it's pure milk chocolate and he just sit, sits there and stares at him well while he's taking a leak cody's in the bathroom taking a leak in this and tony cox who is famously from yeah. uh me myself irene and uh bad santa walks into the bathroom and it's like not leaving cody alone until he takes a piece of chocolate which is just the weirdest thing but just another one of these quirks that i like love about this movie yeah this is another bizarre scene that i always remember this one because tony cox is incredibly weird and yes. two <laughs> the leprechauns just like mingling with normal people just being creepy as shit yeah because this is a bar this is also another thing that i like about this movie this is set on saint patrick's day and they're at a bar on St. Patrick's Day, thus making this feel like the most St. Patrick's Day movie like there is. Is <laughs> this the only St. Patrick's Day horror movie? Maybe. It might be. And we're doing it here for St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. The reason that the leprechaun goes unnoticed in the bar is because it's flooded with people in leprechaun costumes. They're just like, oh, this one's kind of ugly. <laughs> this one's hideous. <laughs> and he's just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Later is a fight that takes place between them leading from this bar scene. And what they do so smart in the fight is subtle, but it works and it makes the leprechaun real. In typical movies, when you'd have like a made-up character like this, the good guys would be talking and like yelling at him and like, I'm going to kill you, whatever. They would cut to then the leprechaun or whatever creature it is in your 80s, 90s movie, and it would say its lines or whatever. This movie was so smart and it was so subtle, but it would pan between when the characters were talking to the leprechaun and then to the leprechaun. So you knew the leprechaun was, like, on set that day as opposed to, like, effects day where the leprechaun came in and did all its scenes and then they just cut it into the movie. By doing just that subtle pan, you, you know the leprechaun is, like, there in full makeup with those actors and then it makes it more real for the audience then. So the audience seeing that is like, fuck, that thing is there. That thing is real. And I love that about just that. It's a really smart decision that they made. It's subtle, but it works. Him and Morty. Yeah. Great yeah, chemistry. Just, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know if they knew each other or spent some time rehearsing, but damn, they, they were really good together. And they weren't actually together that much, but it feels like they were because right. they were so good. Then he goes into a cafe to drink, like, I don't know, five, six coffees and has one of the funniest killing scenes. Hilarious scene. He's going, He goes into, like, a cafe that has, like, closed or is closing and uh, the actor is Michael McDonald from Mad TV, who is hamming it up in this scene. And he's like, he plows through a bunch of espressos. He's got like the cups, the dirty cups surrounding him. And he's like, you gotta go, we gotta close up or whatever. And then he, you know, taunts back and forth. And like Michael McDonald makes a bunch of funny one-liners, you know, about make, calling him short and drunk and stuff like that. The leprechaun uses the coffee machine, coffee press or whatever, to burn Michael McDonald's face off with the steam. 
which is awesome. <laughs> so another part of this is like really subtle things from Warwick Davis. When he's sitting on that couch, he really looks annoyed at these jokes. Yeah. Like, yeah. this actor's probably put up with these type jokes before, and his, like, just little expressions, like, he's not giving any lines, but man, he's telling a lot. Right, yeah, you're building this character because you know him as the funny one-liner leprechaun, but he can't take it. You know, like, you could see in his face that he can dish it out, but when somebody else is starting to dish it out, he does not like that. <laughs> and that's just a great performance. And then he burns off your face. <laughs> yeah, quite an awesome death scene. Yeah, and this really just skips to, I remember the girl was caught in his little tree underground lair. Yeah, which she, is an awesome set. So they didn't have much money in this, and you can tell, but man, they do as much as they can with what little they have, because they like hang a bunch of, it's some type of material I've seen before, but I don't know the name of it. It's like a canvas mm. type netting. I, they didn't have much time or money. Yeah. But they at least made it look kind of cavernous. Right, they did a fun thing. The set itself doesn't need to look like anything special, but I, I love that you enter this small hole in a tree and then it's this whole world underneath a tree where it's like his room and the caverns and stuff like that. I it's, love when movies do that shit. It just makes it so magical. I always <laughs> call it the Doctor Who. Like when he walks into his little phone booth and then it's like an entire ship. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I love that because you, you just Doctor Who it because it's such a simple little trick. Yeah, your set doesn't have to look that good. It can just be canvases hanging up. But the fact that you showed me a tree with a little hole and then them walking down this giant staircase into this open room that leads to a bunch of caverns, I'm immediately like, sold. This is awesome. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> yeah, she tries to escape like putting rocks down and stuff like that. They disappear. This whole place is magical. And even said, you're going to try to escape and you can't. Then we move on to Cody and Uncle Morty. And this this is the sad part when basically the leprechaun leaves the girl and goes and kills Uncle Morty. But at least his death is really memorable. Yeah, Uncle Morty basically wishes for all the leprechauns gold because they trap the leprechaun in an iron safe. Oh, they we should bring mention him, that. Yeah, they want to bring him to the go-kart place, which leads to an amazing scene of the leprechaun in a go-kart, so which it, I love so much. Did it go from the safe scene to the go-kart? Yes. What he's weak to is iron. In the first movie, it was a four-leaf clover. Right. Again, is this something that leprechauns are weak to? Is this just made up for this movie? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, and I don't care. I just, like, I believed it as soon as it, you know, they were like, this is the way you kill it. I'm like, cool, I'm in. <laughs> but they have to trap him in an iron safe, and Cody's like, I know where there's an iron safe. It's at the go-kart place, because we established it in the scene with Ian earlier. So they go to lure him over to the go-kart facility so they could trap him in a safe, and it works. They get him trapped. Basically, the way Uncle Morty falls into the leprechaun's trap is like, if you let me out, I'll give you three wishes. And Morty being Morty is like, I want your gold. <laughs> and and leprechaun being it. leprechaun puts it inside of him. <laughs> and it's weird looking. Like, it's a good practical effect. This stretchy type skin in his stomach. Yeah. And then the leprechaun's like, do you want it out? He's like, get it out of me. He's like, then you gotta let me out of this safe. Let's him out, and then he takes his little claw and cuts him right open and grabs his gold. Yeah. This is probably a good time to mention all of the practical effects in this movie are great. Like, all the ones that we do have. Like, the tooth ripping and the the makeup of the leprechaun and then this effect. 
really, and the melting Michael McDonald. Great, great practical effects in this movie. Yeah, we've watched a few low, low budget films, and out of all the low budget films, this I think has done the best job of stretching their dollars. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah, that leads to Uncle Morty being killed when the when he's being ripped open, and it's so bloody and it's so gross. Yeah, it is. And then Cody, I guess, escapes through a little window or something. I don't know, whatever. But we'll just cut to this is when the leprechaun comes at Cody with a fucking amazing go-kart. Yes. God, I could watch this scene for the rest of my life and be okay. <laughs> yeah, and you can look at the go-kart and tell they're like, oh, man, we got to somehow figure And, you know, it's like stuff that's like painted and pasted together, but... It's just got a real, real nice charm to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of the none of the edges on, like, the spikes are pointy. No. No, I mean, it's not really scary looking. It's just kind of really cool. Yeah, you're just like, ah, somebody made that. That's awesome. I just <laughs> want to look at it. Like, uh, yeah. If so- you saw this thing at a go-kart, like, track... Everyone would want to ride. Yeah, be like everybody fighting for that one. I'd be like, I'm taking that motherfucker right there. Like, <laughs> I want that Flintstone <laughs> leprechaun looking thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he chases him in a go kart, and it's an amazing scene. <laughs> and then I kind of just forget what happens. I mean, I remember he Cody escapes. He gets somehow, I guess, falls the leprechaun to the tree. I don't know how he gets to the tree. He no, he knows where to go. He goes yeah. to the tree and uh, tries to save the girl and that's sort of how everything kind of ends yeah they have their little duel and he stabs him with like an iron bar yeah he tricks him into thinking he's safe and then quickly stabs him with the iron bar oh that's where the the chocolate comes yeah he's like i gave you your gold here's your last piece of gold and it's not his last piece of gold and then he just stabs him yeah and we learn that like cody's got to hang on to the piece of gold because the leprechaun actually does hit him with the go-kart but it doesn't kill him because he has the gold so the girl's like you got to hang on to the gold it's the only thing keeping us alive but after they can't they try to escape and they can't escape He's like, fuck, I gotta give the gold back. And he gives it to him, and he's like, 100% milk chocolate. The leprechaun's like, what? Stabs him with the iron. Yeah. And then he explodes in the most 90s fashion possible. <laughs> yeah, wasn't there, like, some type of electrical effect, even? Like, yeah, the there was the, the hand-drawn animated, yeah. like, blue sparks coming yes, out of him. Yes, that's it, yeah. Yeah, and then he explodes in just the most delightfully absurd fashion you know like in adult swim shows now like when somebody drops something on the ground it like explodes in the flames like that it's like this massive explosion where leprechaun parts are just flying everywhere <laughs> loved it yes all right let's come back and discuss final mission or final in parentheses not fatal mission <laughs> <laughs> Strap yourselves in for the virtual reality thriller of the year, Final Mission. From the same producers of Interceptor and Into the Sun comes a roller coaster ride of special effects. Fantastic state of the art computer imagery puts virtual reality into the cockpit and in the hands of a madman as the ultimate weapon turns against the men who must test it. Final Mission. Well, going into Fatal Mission here, I'll let Matt discuss the other side of the box. Yeah, so if you pull open the leprechaun's claw, he on the leprechaun's claw side of things is final mission. When virtual reality becomes a deadly weapon, it's no longer just a game. It's an out-of-focus dude in a 
fighter pilot garb. It says outlaw on the top. But it's like, it's smushed like out of focus. So the only thing in focus are one of his eyes. I don't know why don't... that's a thing. And then some terrible early 90s CG virtual reality, I'm doing air quotes, airplane with the stereotypical 90s green bars that connect everything on the internet, apparently. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I was like, is this like supposed to be Lawnmower Man meets right. Top Gun? Yes, yes, that's exactly what this movie is. And that's what they're advertising with the front here. It once again says double feature full length screening to set include promotional trailers. Uh, this movie's also rated R because there's some boobies in it. When virtual reality becomes a deadly weapon, it's no longer just a game. Final mission, I've opened the flap here. Top Flight cast, Billy Worth, Red Shoe Diaries, Body Snatchers, and Lost Boys. I was hella disappointed that this wasn't Sasha Alexander from Step by Step. Remember that guy, like the funny guy from Step by Step? Oh, yeah. He looks like Billy Worth. Oh, he does. And I was yeah. like, oh, man, Step by Step is in this movie. And he's like also in uh, Class of 99 Part 2. And I thought it was him. And I was like, fuck, it's Billy Worth. Like, <laughs> I yeah, don't I like think... him as much. And then... <laughs> Didn't he also, from Step by Step, he also became, like, Kickboxer 2? Kick, yep, yep. Yeah, yep, yeah. Kickboxer 2 through 4, yeah. yes. <laughs> this also has Corbin Bernstein from Hello Again Major League. Elizabeth Grayson? Sorry, the font is really bad here. It's a really oh, yeah, this is really bad font. They just didn't give a shit about Yeah, they don't team. care about Final Mission. Uh, their logo, their title treatment for Final Mission is to have it in, like, that computer, 90s computer font. But the I is lowercase and the rest is like uppercase. And I'm just like, why? I, <laughs> I don't know what. Because it's even like textured font too. Yeah. Which is like, oh, remember when Photoshop was first created? Yeah, that's what this is here. <laughs> Elizabeth Grayson's from Mark for Death and the uh, lower level. Steve Rails back from In the Line of Fire and Helter Skelter. From the producers who brought you Interceptor and Into the Sun. I don't know what either of those movies are. Exciting genre, aerial, action, techno, thriller selling it here guys uh feature state-of-the-art virtual reality in quotes computer generated imagery exploring its dark side in the context of a runaway military conspiracy massive consumer awareness generated by video pipeline and upcoming releases leprechaun 2 being the only upcoming release explosive three-pack offer and it shows you the three tapes this was coming out in september 6th of 1994 was your order date uh september 20th First, 1994. This whole side just sucks. Mm -hmm. The Leprechaun 2 side is so good, and this side is just like so... Ugh. Well, I think they knew they had such a blah movie, they had to pair it with their biggest movie to try to sell it. Yeah. Had to be that. So we've got some pictures of the virtual reality. One says Critical Danger, which looks like a 90s video game. Yeah, just something of like a digital road. And then the dude with the... VR set on his head. They're trying to sell this to kids who play video games. Yeah, absolutely. It's so desperate. Yeah. Uh, it was directed by Lee Redman, and he is known because he is a camera and electrical guy, and he worked on Terminator 2, and this is his only directorial credit. Oh, probably he probably got the job from Terminator 2, and they were like, oh, we got this digital movie, you know how to do effects, and then it was like, ooh, but you don't know how to make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had Sam Montgomery wrote three episodes. Oh, wait, the writers are Sam Montgomery. It's he wrote three episodes of 24. And then none of these writers had bios. We had Lee Redman, only writing credit. Ernest Sheldon Jr., only writing credit. Virginia Gilbert, 
She only had two writing credits, and Chris A. Bletchett wrote additional dialogue. Not a good start with five writers. Yeah, yeah. We already kind of talked about the cast here because this one already breaks it down. Yeah, just once again, super disappointed that Billy yeah. Worth wasn't a kickboxer. <laughs> the only one I was excited to see, I, I mean, Corbin Bernstein will always be, you know, Roger Dorn and me from Major League. But I was impressed he's still acting at 64, and the other guy still acting is uh, Steve Relsbeck as Colonel Glenn Anderson. He's 73 and still kicking. Yeah, and he's a good actor. Our listeners probably know him most from Life Force, probably. But maybe, uh, <laughs> definitely, maybe Helter Skelter, the yeah, TV movie. But uh, he's Charles Manson. He's a great. He's a great actor. He's a great character actor. But Bernstein always so excited when he shows up in something. I was really, really impressed and surprised because in the trailer they show before the movie they show him like sitting at a desk in a suit, and I was like, that's all Corbin Bernstein's gonna do in this movie. And he, he wasn't, actually. He was pretty in this movie. Well, and he's given a good performance, too. We have the exact same feelings on this. I was surprised he came back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same. And, like, pretty happy he did because he is the bright spot in this movie. So the girl, did they just pick an actress that looks like a ton of 90s actresses? Yeah, she looks like a soap, not, yeah, soap opera actress. Yeah. That's what she kind of looks like. She also kind of reminded me of, like, later years like Alyssa Milano when she cut her hair real short that's what she kind of looked like maybe that's what I'm like Uh, but like Alyssa Milano in like 94 was like in full like starting to take off her career Uh, oh yeah she did Double Dragon yeah (laughs) that didn't work out that didn't work out but Embrace the Vampire did for her that worked out yeah Uh, the movie that everyone thought was embarrassing is the one that like got her back on right because everyone like famous yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's weird so my notes on Final Mission are short (laughs) it's basically wow they're really pushing Top Gun and the CG shit (laughs) yeah like this you said I think uh, you saying Lawnmower Man meets Top Gun is great. My brain also went to arcade the Full Moon movie with their like CGI and their virtual yeah. reality thing. I was like, this is like arcade meets Top Gun, but I think Lawnmower Man's probably a little more apt description. But that's where my brain went. These soldiers were so stereotypical. They're like hitting on every girl they see. Mm-hmm. And it was working. <laughs> yeah, because it was the 90s. Yeah. yeah, they could be like, I'm in a... The the big gag of the movie is... i got to get me one of those fly suits. Yeah, the uh, yeah. Billy Worth goes to the gas station, and the gas station attendant's like, man, it works every time. i got to get me one of those suits. And he's like, might be difficult for me to get, but it's not the suit. It's uh, who wears it that counts. And then like he hits on a girl, and it like works. And it ends up being the main girl in the movie. And then the gas station attendant's like, God, I gotta give me one of those suits. Don't worry, they pay it off in the end. <laughs> this movie is a ton of talking. It is talking, 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 shitty VR, talking. Boobs. Talking, talking. 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 <laughs> like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. And the really dumb thing is when they show the VR, apparently the superpower of it is they can see zoomed in. Yeah, they can see better than human vision. But Even that's, like, kind of it. So when they zoom in, it's kind of shitty. So I was like, this is better than human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's re- 1994 VR graphics. So, like, it's not... Yeah, it's, uh, it's very strange. Basically, I, the plot of the movie is these soldiers are 
under they're in some kind of like government testing thing where they are having these virtual reality things programmed so that when they go out and fight they can yeah zoom in using the virtual reality and plug in and things like that to kill the enemies better and that's like this whole thing that they're a part of but someone is putting in codes that have brainwashed the guys to either like kill each other or kill themselves that's basically the movie it's like super soldiers being trained and then when one of them commits suicide it sort of opens up the pandora's box of trying to find out the conspiracy why are they being programmed why are they killing themselves and each other yeah so so corbin bernstein's the ultimate bad guy and he sabotages all this and turns these soldiers into like i don't know something so he can get the ultimate soldier i I, yeah. I'm so confused because I'm like, so he wanted to blow up the building that had all the commanders in it, right? Or something like that? Well, all the commanders have found out. Because basically what happens is Billy Wirth gets mad at not Alyssa Milano and <laughs> is like, you're working for them. And it, you know, the first layer of the conspiracy is like, oh, uh, Steve Rail's back is keeping it under wraps what they're doing with the soldiers. And the girl's then arrested by Corbin Bernstein and then they go out on a mission with Corbin Bernstein and then it's revealed that Corbin Bernstein is actually the guy that's the bad guy and is like programming them to kill each other and themselves and the girl's like see I was on your side I was just I just was part of this thing that was under wraps um, now we gotta kill Corbin Bernstein Corbin Bernstein's like I'm gonna blow up this whole building cause you all know I kind of started to look, look up facts on some of the actors during this movie <laughs> did she do the whole like no, even though I, you were my mission, I fell in love with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Basically, I thought I heard that line, but I was, you know, like looking up, like, wait a minute, this guy played um, Dwayne from Lost Boys. Yeah, <laughs> like I was at that point where I'm yeah. like, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, basically, and that's basically it. Like they, there's, there's two gratuitous sex scenes though. I was pretty surprised. I thought there would no. only be one, and we got two, and they were very much like the Top Gun blue lit. Yes. In shadows, sex scenes. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a saxophone playing in the background. Yeah, right? Like, uh, it was it was yeah. no-budget Tony Scott sex scene. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not a good movie, and I'm just going to skip right ahead to it. I do not recommend it. In fact, if you see it, if you see, like, a VHS of it, just throw it. <laughs> just burn it. Let's, like, use it for warmth. <laughs> and if the person inside of the store goes, what are you doing? You're like, trust me. You don't want this here. <laughs> this this is ruining your store. I still think you can do a lot worse. This just has the unfortunate thing of just being boring. Yeah. But, I mean, at least it's a 90s movie. You get some just odd choices and a little bit of nudity and Corbin Bernstein. I mean, you could do worse, but it's still just, like, not. It's just boring. Yeah. It's just not worth your time. Before we go to the museum, uh, I think it's kind of obvious, but I guess we'll say it. I highly recommend Leprechaun 2. Yes, I highly recommend both Leprechaun 2, any format you can pick it up in. So if you pick yeah. it up on the the nice Blu-ray that they put out in the set with all of them, or if you get the VHS, like either way, definitely an own. You want this in your collection. So with that said, if even if you come across this double tape, I, I mean, with the claw alone, absolutely recommend picking well, yeah. up this double tape if you find it. If you're a collector of VHSs, I, I guarantee if anyone saw this, they'd flip out. You could probably sell this at a con for 30, 40 bucks. Yeah, and I won't because I love it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love the little claw. I, I love 
the promo, the 15-minute promo that's in front of Leprechaun 2. And the movie's great. This is the only way I own the second movie because I don't have the DVDs. This is my way of watching the second one, but I don't mind. I recommend highly you go and pick this one up. Let's come back with what's going in the museum. This is the second time I've had to reclaim my property from you. That belongs in a museum. So do you. This is the part of the show where we put something in the museum. Most of the time we like to stick with the good stuff, but occasionally got to go with bad so we can learn from it. So Matt, what are you putting in the museum for Leprechaun 2? So this week for Leprechaun 2, I'm going to put the amazing uh, fan blade death scene. So memorable, so funny, and appropriately gory in in the most 90s fashion possible. Love it, love it, love it. Can't get enough of it. (laughs) Solid choice. Mine is I'm putting the actor who played Uncle Morty. He was fantastic. It was sad to see he didn't have more roles, but I'm assuming he was a theater actor. Yeah, he was good. He had a natural presence. He had to have been an actor in other things. Okay, let's move on to final mission. Mine is just a simple one, and it's going to be a lump of coal that hopefully we can learn from. If you cast Corbin Bernstein in your movie, use him. (laughs) He was game. He was having fun in this movie, but they just didn't give him enough to do. So I think the thing we need to learn from, if your low-budget movie can afford Corbin Bernstein to come in for a week, take advantage. Mine is uh, bad, too, but got to learn from. If you have a TV movie script, make a TV movie. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's what this was. Maybe Vidmark just thought they could sell a few tapes, and I'm sure it worked for them. I'm no, sure they did sell a few. I think someone bought this script, and they're like, we're going to capitalize on this whole VR video game craze. And they, like you said, they got the guy from Terminator 2 who did, like, the camera work. They thought they were going to have something here. And then when they saw it cut together, they're like, oh, shit, this sucks. Yeah, let's just cut together a really bland trailer and try to sell some tapes. (laughs) Yeah, this also felt like a sci-fi movie. Yeah, before the days of those. Yeah. (laughs) Like, Um, it's not good enough to be a theater, theatrical release. It's, you know... It's got some polish, though. It's, like, not the worst thing you've seen. It's just sort of, like, sort of laying there like a dry turd. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're like, oh, if I step in it, it's not going to be the worst. But still, (laughs) I don't want to step in it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next week, we have our mini episode coming up, and we are going to see Double yet again. Not with a double tape, but we are watching the reboot of Leprechaun, Leprechaun Origins. I have not seen this, have you? I have not seen this. This is why I kind of wanted to do it. I, I love the series, but I'm very worried about this one, so I had never seen it, but I think it's time. It's time to rip that Band-Aid. I'm worried about it because I've never heard anyone talk about it. <laughs> that is not a good sign. Yes, and this one does not star Warwick Davis, so we'll see what we're into when we get into it. So basically you're saying there's a chance it's going to suck. We'll see. Remember to rate and review us on iTunes, and you can also catch us on Podbean and YouTube. All right, join us next week, and remember to be kind. Rewind. The film has received extensive sponsorship and coverage on Comedy Central, E! Entertainment TV, BET, and the red-hot Beavis and Butthead program. Coming up, I've got Guns N' Roses on the way. Plus, the leprechaun character has stirred up excitement as a guest DJ on MTV. That little pesky devil has, has, has killed our, our cameraman. And through appearances in numerous skits on Saturday Night Live. Shame on you, uh, or white water, oh, no more mistake, oh, 
Additional publicity support has included national radio buys and tie-ins with Subway, Domino's, and The Good Guys. Plus, 5,000 Leprechaun 2 trailers have been thrilling millions of consumers in theaters nationwide for over nine months. Now, Leprechaun 2 is coming to video, and retailers know that this guy means killer rentals.